two of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, whether you are heading out to your Streets of New Capenna pre-release this weekend. Yes. What? Or you're like, I'm holding out for those sick new commander decks. We are here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, it's everybody's favorite, Judge Rob. Judge Rob is going to be here to tell us all about the mechanics and the specific card interactions or complicated cards. Basically, everything you need to know rules and card-wise about Streets of New Capenna. Yeah, and the pre-release coming up this weekend is before it's released on Arena or Magic Mm -hmm. Online. That's coming up next Thursday, not this Thursday. So you're not going to have the program there to help you. That's right. You need to know those rules. You've got to have the information in your brain. Remember that? Yeah. No. <laughs> How I cards mean, to be work? honest, no, but okay. <laughs> I know. It's going to be a very bizarre experience this very weekend. Very challenging. Uh, but you've got to already have that in your in your brain knowledge going into your store this weekend yeah. before you play, and Judge Rob's going to help you be ready. And I know every single time he comes on, I'm like, I think I've got a handle on it. I feel great. He always says something no. that is surprising. Yeah. Every single time, At Rob least one surprise. Shocks if me. If not more. Not literally. One surprise. Figuratively guaranteed <laughs> and i mean like we've already seen it happening online with one specific card that literally nobody knows how it works whoa judge rob will tell us judge rob will how tell it us work yeah so that is coming up but before we start the show a huge enormous thank you to everybody who makes the show possible those are all of our beautiful patrons yes thank you so much to every single patron past present and future of this show thank you especially to tim for an edited pledge and to jocelyn for a new pledge thank you tim and jocelyn thank you both so very very much um you know it just it warms our little cold (laughs) i want to say thank you to all the babies who haven't been born who are going to become patrons of this show oh wow because you said future so that's who i'm thanking specifically i was thinking more adults (laughs) who currently listen and aren't patrons yet but will be but also babies who have yet to become born absolutely Uh, also absolutely count so please consider becoming a patron today it takes just a few short minutes and it really does make such a big difference to us um every single new patron is just like a little bit of relief for us of like okay we can keep doing this yes honestly <laughs> please become patron if you're not already we'd love to yeah. have you patreon.com slash glhf magic huge thank you as well to our awesome sponsor they've been with us for such a long yes. time card kingdom oh maria how jealous are you thinking of all the people heading to card kingdom this weekend so for jealous their pre-release it's it would be the ultimate place oh. to have a pre-release yes their stores are incredible mox boarding house is what they're called you can check them out seattle portland bellevue soon chandler arizona oh Chandler, I'm Arizona. so jealous of Chandler. Maybe one day we'll have one in our area. You know what's also you great what? about Car Kingdom? What? So we were talking last week. You're like, somebody was asking me, how do I get back into magic? And you're like, yeah, all, Car Kingdom is all this stuff. I literally just sent them 10 links to Car Kingdom See, stuff. Th- that's what I'm saying. I had an interaction yeah. with somebody who this, ha- tell me if this happens to you. This happens to me quite frequently when I'm like, I do magic stuff. And they're like, oh, I wanted to play magic or I tried, but it was too expensive. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, is true. Yes. It's an expensive hobby. Yeah. However, it doesn't have to be yeah. like if you're like, I love this game, but I just don't have the money. Well, Card Kingdom them puts together decks that you can play yeah kitchen table that are so inexpensive they're like five dollars ten dollars and they play awesome and there's a whole bunch of different kinds of them yep so it's like even if you're like oh my budget
budget is super low. I don't want to spend a lot on this. You can still play the greatest game in the world at a low price point thanks to Card Kingdom. Thank you, Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Yay, Judge Rob is Judge here. Judge Rob is here. Yay. Welcome, Judge Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, just coming off the pre-pre-release where I got to hang <laughs> out. Almost destroyed our the... audio board <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but it didn't happen. Yeah, no, every, everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing is ruined. All right. Uh, <laughs> pre-pre-release. Pre-pre-release. I got to hang out in the chat uh, with the Loading Radio and Judges. Serge and Nelson were great at the pre-pre-release. Uh, the the event, uh, they had guests back for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Kenji was there it was and so, so cool. was... Um, Marshall. Marshall. Yep. And th- okay, they were a blast. I forget about him all the time. No, too. I was. I was trying to. <laughs> no, I knew that there was a second person, and I was like, I know this person, and he's great, and like brain. Uh, so yeah, we hung out, did a bunch of stuff. The other pre-pre-release judges are really, really good. Uh, so it was nice to be able to keep up with people. Uh, I just came back from Dallas as well. Last weekend was SCG Con Dallas. We had 950 players in the main and wow. 300. Well, if I in the main, I mean the 30K on Saturday. Yeah. And then 300 players in the 10K that I was the head judge for on Sunday. Yeah. So it was like. <laughs> I almost jumped yeah. out of my skin Megan, when this cord fell. Megan's car set Sorry, is falling apart. I don't know what happened, but this cord, like, my mic cord fell on my arm and I had a heart, I had a mini heart attack. I. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob, episode. episode. We're, we're so happy to have you here, yes. regardless of the situation from and our we're so tech happy side about of things. All of the events that have been yes. happening. Yeah. It, is, it has been a blast. So exciting. Um, and that's actually my PSA a little yes. bit. Yes. We always uh, kick it off yeah. with the Judge Rob PSA. Yeah. So, welcome back. Paper Magic events are kicking off pretty heavily. We've had. Three SCG cons. We're going to have Pittsburgh coming up in like a couple weeks, yeah. basically. Um, and there's so there's a bunch of events. There was just a face to face had a really good big event in Toronto. And so something that's happening as we're coming back is tournament organizers are using software that was developed over COVID for not for digital play, mm-hmm. which means no more match result slips in a lot of cases. Uh, the, wow. Yeah. The the way that they accomplish this is by requiring everybody to have logins to the service. So um, if you're playing at a local store, uh, you will run into MTG Companion, which is the Wizards official app that uh, that the Wizards software that the stores use for low level events. Or I shouldn't say low level events for local events yeah. for the store level for store events is run in. Any tournament I play yeah. is high level. Just FYI. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. And so. You're going to you're going to want companion on your phone and you're going to want a wizard's account and some stores will do different enrollments differently on it, but it'll push the pairings out to your phone. So it's really nice. Uh, If you have a charged phone, that makes it a lot better because you can just magically have the pairings show up to you. You know, when pairings happen, if you're off browsing comic books or whatever, you'll you'll get a a push notification Um, for larger events. A lot of tournament organizers are using Melee, melee Melee.gg which is developed by Jason Flatford of Flatsware. He's a former Grand Prix scorekeeper, former level three judge. Flats is really great. And Melee was designed for arena events. So if you've like done arena opens or whatever. Or played in a Good Luck High Five tournament. Yeah, played in your Good Luck High Five tournament. That was all on Melee. Yeah. Um, But if you didn't, because you're a curmudgeon like me and don't play in events on arena that much, um, you may not have had a Melee account. I would suggest getting one before you go to anything big. Um, it's just going to be in your browser. You don't need to install an app or anything. Um, so just if you have those accounts, it'll make your tournament experience and paper events a lot better. Great um, tip, Rob. Yep. And if you hate the interface, 
that's fine. I had a lot of frustrations with the interface at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, Melee's under very active de- development, and so is Companion. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, they they take feedback. Uh, Bill Stark is the one at Wizards who's running Companion and the event link, which is the tournament organizer side. And they've been updating things, adding things. They just added two-headed to it like a month ago in Companion and slash event link, and Melee is constantly updating. So if you have feedback... There's contact routes that are in, for giving your feedback on those, and they'll get fixed and changed, which is good. It's Amazing. Not always the case for for some of the software that we've Very used true. in the past. Very true. I was once able to start a Good Luck High Five tournament round via Melee while also getting a COVID test. Yes. So yeah. shout out to 2022 yeah. <laughs> no, we, uh, we for did, me being able to do that. Exactly. We did all sorts of stuff. We had uh, because the reporting was all like people on their phones at their tables. We would we had judges with the outstanding matches on their phones that would dynamically update. You could watch a person report in front of you and they would update on your phone, Great. which feels really futuristic That's, if you're yeah, used sure. to paper slips and having to bring them up and having the scorekeeper enter them. In and, the year two thousand. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's I, now other games have these kinds of things too, and oftentimes better and faster, and they're ahead of stuff. Like Gem is pretty good from what the Flesh and Blood players use, but. Uh, I'm glad Wizards and Magic is getting there, at least. Yes. I'm not going to complain about stuff starting to exist that I want to exist. <laughs> well, what we're going to do here uh, th- when we talk about cards in the new set, because we want to get you ready for mm-hmm. said pre-release. Yes. Paper pre-release in your LGS this weekend. Online release on Arena and Magic Online coming mm-hmm. up next Thursday. Uh, what we're going to do first is talk about the new mechanics yes. in the set, and we're yep. going to kick it off with Connive. Connive. It's I a great word. It. I love the word yeah. connive. It's excellent. Um, and so we're going to look at a card with connive. Obscura Interceptor is the one that I want to talk about. It costs black, blue, white, and one for a 3-1 creature cephalid wizard with flash and lifelink. And thank goodness we now have yes. a cephalid wizard, everybody. Well, I mean, <laughs> most of the cephalids were wizards back in Odyssey block. Oh. Like, that, that was just the thing that they did. Cephalid wizard tribal? Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you, you could do that. <laughs> uh, most of them are pretty bad. But why would uh, you? Yeah. Uh, but why? but uh, so the, the thing that Obscura Interceptor has, the last ability, is when Obscura Interceptor enters the battlefield, it connives. Uh, when it connives this way, return up to one target spell to its owner's hand. Hmm. And then its reminder text is, to have a creature connive, draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded a non-land card, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. So the creature that connived. So Obscura Interceptor, when it enters the battlefield, it's non-optional. Um, every connive card is not a may. In this set, it just tells you connive when the thing happens. Yeah. So you have to draw a card and then you have to discard a card. Dang it. Um, it's. Yeah, I mean, unless it, you're going to mill yourself yeah, out. <laughs> well, right. Um, it's it, like there's all these decisions around looting and should I loot or not? And like it's always better to loot unless you have like the best cards in your deck in your hand already. And this takes away the decision. Okay, you just great. loot all the time. Um, you can respond to that trigger. So when it enters the battlefield, there's that trigger that says when it enters connive. You can respond to it. Your opponent can respond to it. So they could kill the Obscura Interceptor. So it doesn't have a Obscure, yeah, Obscure Interceptor. So it doesn't have a plus one, plus one counter. Um, they're still going to do yes. the loot, however. Yes, they're still going to loot. And because this is all one ability and all of the when it connives abilities are all one ability, it'll still trigger the 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 second half, the when it connives. Mm-hmm. Um, return up to one target spell to its owner's hand. So you won't stop any of the things happening except for the plus one plus one counter getting put on basically. So the, there's also a connive X card in the set. 
which is draw X, then discard X. All is one action. The other thing to note is this is all one triggered ability, so you can't respond in the middle. So if your opponent says, yeah, go ahead and draw your card, you draw a card, you discard, and they want to use a one damage spell to kill your interceptor, they can't. The counter's already been put on it, mm-hmm. which it's the way that triggered abilities work, but it's helpful so to point So if you're going to kill it, you have to kill it in response to the yeah. knife trigger. Yeah, if you want it to not have the counter. Right. So if you have like, if in this case, if you Sorry, have a one damage meant, spell. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you won't stop the knife. Casualty is the next thing on my list. Cut of the Profits is the, cards <laughs> that I, the card that I want to talk about. Uh, black, black, X for a sorcery. Casualty three. As you cast this spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power three or greater. When you do, copy this spell. Then the card itself says you draw X cards and you lose X life. So uh, casualty is an additional cost to cast any spell. It can be on instant sorceries, creatures, planeswalkers in one case in this set. And it's optional. You can choose not to sacrifice a creature. But if you do, the casualty makes a trigger that goes in the stack. And then the trigger casts or puts an extra copy of this spell on the stack when it resolves. Uh, copies, copy targets, but casually lets you change that. Copies, copy X, which is why I pick Cut of the Profits. If you paid black, black three, and you sacrifice a creature, you'll end up drawing three cards from the from the copy, and then three cards from the um, from the main Cut of the Profits, and you'll lose three life and three life from each. Um, the Because this is a trigger, it goes on the stack above the spell. So you cast the, the Cut of the Profits, you sacrifice a creature as part of casting it, and they don't get to, they don't get to stop you. They don't get to say right. a vulture creature in response. So you don't have one. Um, you're, they, it's it just like they can't destroy your land in response or tap it in response to prevent you from using it. Um, it's a trigger that goes on top of the cut of the profits. If the creature has a triggered ability from dying. So if it has a when this dies trigger, uh, that also goes <laughs> in the stack. And you get to choose which order the, uh, the copy happens or that trigger happens which could be relevant if you have a creature that triggers like mill three and then return a creature from your graveyard to your hand or something. Sure. Um, They both will be above the base spell though. So the base spell won't be in the graveyard. There's a, there's a creature that when it dies, returns an instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand in the set. Uh, You won't be able to return the cut of the profits from, or whatever other casualty spell from that dying. And we've talked about the art on this card before. Oh yeah. This is very weird. What's happening? So, <laughs> Rob, please tell us what's happening because so, we don't know. So, what I'm going to headcanon is happening is King Makar actually is on this plane. He can turn people to gold. Oh, oh great! Yeah, that, okay. that makes sense. That, great. That, this, like, is, this is. I mean, this is going into I my King Makar yeah. commander deck. So, like, it's fine. Oh, that's I cool. Think that the whole art is an analogy, and they're just cutting this man's body up. <laughs> Well, they say everybody is worth their weight in gold. Great. So they're like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like they're yeah. like, we're cutting up this body and we're gonna show it as gold to make you not feel gross about it. But it's just body. Yeah. And uh, well, there's a bunch of vampires. They might. They want it. It's like I, a snack. They yeah, but vampires don't the like blood eat out of flesh. It, but they're gonna gross. suck the blood out of just the chunk. That they yeah. Got. That's a. Uh, they're gonna, Yum. they're gonna, they're gonna suck the blood just out of the chunk they got. So sure, so it's like it, vampire fair food. 
Get your blood chug sucks. So, over so here. like, so what? Like, if you got handed a sponge that was soaked with, with like, yes, fruit punch, yes, that's what it is. Yes, like, and you like, <laughs> you bite you hold on it in your mouth. I need uh, to write this down for my new Minnesota State Fair food oh, idea. Oh, well, people will buy it at the State Fair because they'll buy anything at the State <laughs> yes, Fair. it's true. Gross. A sponge that you suck fruit punch. <laughs> What is it called, though? <laughs> Punch sponge. <laughs> Punch sponge is the grossest thing I've ever thought of in my whole life with uh, both of your brains as well. I, and it needs to happen. Does it? Does it really? <laughs> I'm going to bring a punch sponge themed party. <laughs> Rob, I'm bringing you a punch sponge next episode and we're going to see how it goes. Oh my goodness. All right. You have oh. to wear a bib. I, yeah, you do. This is why it's fair food though, because you eat it out in public yeah. and you can like lean forward it's to so squeeze the punch. Sli- <laughs> why are, we should stop talking it's about this. It's not. Blitz. Sorry, Blitz. Blitz. The, next, the next mechanic. So Blitz is the riveteer mechanic. Um, I'm going to talk about Riveteer's Decoy, which is green and one for a 3-1 creature human warrior. Riveteer's Decoy must be blocked if able. It has Blitz of green and three, and the reminder text says, if you cast this spell for its Blitz cost, it gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So, Blitz is an alternative way to cast a spell. So Riveteer's Decoy, when you cast it, you can cast it for either green and one or green and three. And if you cast it for green and three, then it's going to do a couple of things. Um, it's going to gain haste. It's And however it dies, you will draw a card when it dies. And then at the end of turn, if it's still alive, you're going to sacrifice it. Um, so the the Riveter's Decoy, is its job is to just get in there. This is the agroist mechanic. This is a combination of evoke and dash, mm-hmm. basically. And you're always going to get your card back. You'll mostly get your card back. Um, in specific, the I want to talk about decoy because must be blocked if able doesn't come up very much. If you give the Riveteers decoy menace, they have to block with two creatures. Uh, because they maximize the number of musts they have to do and <laughs> don't do anything illegal. Yeah. yeah. And so they must block it, so they have to block it with two creatures if you somehow give it menace. Yeah. Wow. Um, when I... When I don't do my chores for forever, I'm maximizing the number of musts. I yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. You stack it all up on one day so that you can just delete that day. Mm-hmm. Rob, yep. did you see this? Um, did you see Blitz used much at the pre-pre-release? Oh, Graham's deck was all Blitz. He, he used Blitz a lot. Spicy. Uh, in order to, because what would happen is there'd be like a, like an okay board. Yeah. And then he'd just like slam a Blitz creature and then just attack with all of his things and he'd be just massively ahead on board and then he'd get his card back. So he'd still have another card to do it next turn. Yeah. And so the aggressive decks in the format are going to do it a lot. I'm pretty sure. That's cool. And the, even the non-aggressive decks, like this decoy here isn't terrible to just like you're later in the game and you play Riveteer's decoy. It'll probably trade for a creature, but you get your card back from doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's all that you really wanted it to do most of the time anyways. Right. And there's a lot of Blitz creatures like this where just combat is pretty interesting when you when you can surprise have a haste creature. You're not expecting your 3-1 to hang around for very long. Yeah, no, I was, anyway. I was not expecting Riveter's Decoy to survive regardless, <laughs> right? If I play it on turn two, that's great. If I play yeah. it on turn four and kill a creature and draw a card, that's pretty also good. great. That's pretty yeah, great. That sounds and good. And so there, there's a bunch of these. 
Uh, it looks pretty fun, honestly. I'm very happy you chose Sizzling Soloist for the Alliance card because... Yes, I, I chose it because oh. I have a beef with it. But. Oh, I have, I'm just like, the art is very funny. Oh, the art is, yes. is fantastic. It's great. So First Sizz- trombone yeah. and magic question mark? Uh, I don't know. I think it might be. Uh, Sizzling Soloist is a red and three for a 3-2 creature human citizen. It has Alliance, which is a keyword ability. Or not keyword, sorry. It's a it's a uh, ability word. So the word Alliance doesn't mean anything. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. If this is the second time this ability has resolved this turn, that creature attacks during its controller's next combat phase, if able. Wow. Uh, so it's it's cool. Um, so that my beef with it, I want to say up front before I talk about it, he's holding his trombone wrong. Is he really? Yeah, his right hand is wrong. Look at it. I don't he's know. Not- <laughs> I, don't, I, I also do not, not know enough about trombone. Okay, so the, 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 the way trombone works is you have a slide, right? And it's sliding yeah. a crossbar. He's not holding the crossbar correctly. Like his fingers physically aren't in a position did to be able to do so. Play the trombone. Rob? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I played okay. tuba trombone and bass trombone and euphonium and uh, like I played bass brass. Okay. So like bass brass. Yeah, you, but you can see. You look at yeah. how, how this person's hand is totally different, right? Oh yeah, I see, I see what, what you're saying. saying. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it's great. I really enjoy that there's a trombone player and he's a sweet trombone player, but man. <laughs> he's not playing this trombone correctly. No, he's not playing this like trombone correctly. He trumpet hands, if I'm yeah. going to Yeah, be that's real the thing. You. Is that, like, he looks like he's playing, uh, he's playing something that he used to, like, actually, like, interact with with his fingers when you interact with your whole arm. It, I like, need to know the story behind as that. As this gentleman from the Yamaha Corporation says, support the instrument with your left hand and relax your right yeah. hand. Yeah, like, I, it's just weird. Uh, it's very cool, but very weird. Well, I'm glad uh, we now know that, Rob, yeah, because no, I don't want to go. about trombones. I don't want to go through my whole pre-release <laughs> yeah. thinking this guy was doing no, great. Sorry that I've just taught you how kerning works or whatever. <laughs> Do you know uh, what? I now feel like I've never looked at a person hold a trombone before, and it's weird. Yeah, No matter what, even correctly, it's weird. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so, uh, aside from that, um, yes. so the, the word alliance is just meant to clue you in. Everything with alliance is when another creature enters the battlefield under your control. Mm-hmm. And s- the thing that you get can vary on alliance. Like, there's an alliance rare that does three things, and then it's done giving you triggers for the turn. But uh, some of them have just the same thing over and over. There's, like, a creature that says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, gain a life. Sure. Um then there's these ones that do stuff the first time one way, the second time a different way. And in that case, the second time is usually very good. The third time, it does the first way again. The third, Because it isn't the second time it's resolved. Right? Oh. Yeah, so any time after the second time yes. is like the first time. Exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> so the first one says a creature can't block. And then the second one says uh, it, it, that creature... Must um, attack. It, it, yeah, that creature must attack. And then the third one is that creature can't block. Great. Weird. Okay. So be aware if you have, so there's like Cabaretti Charm that makes two tokens. And so you can say that creature ha- can't block, that creature must attack, and then you play another creature, which is very possible. Yeah. Right. And so you'll have played three creatures in a turn, so you'll be able to say no blocks, must attack, no blocks. Yeah. Uh, you can also target the same creature multiple times. So you can say no blocks, no blocks, and must, uh, uh, sorry, no blocks, must attack, and then that second creature also can't block either. Sure. Yeah. So. Just be aware of how it's going to behave. And it's how they resolve. It's not the order in which you put them on the stack. It's the opposite. So if you have two creatures enter the battlefield at the same time, like from Cabaretti Charm, there'll be two triggers from this. The first one to resolve says a creature can't block. So the first one you put on the stack will make a creature unable to attack. Because it resolves second. 
Wild. So you put you put two things in the stack, and then it resolves top down. So the first yeah. one to resolve says can't block. Then the second one to resolve, so the first one you put on the stack will say can't, it must attack. Yeah. Hopefully I will never have to care about that. You will probably have to care a lot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, Sorry, seriously, Maria. I, I, I'm calling out Cabaretti Charm because it's the one that I remember most easily, but there's a bunch of like token makers in this set that can sometimes make two tokens. Like yeah. Sleep with the Fishes makes two fish yeah, tokens, yeah, yeah. for instance. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. So there's a, there's a bunch of these. Um, just, I don't know how Arena is going to tell you yeah. Because it's a little weird. Yeah. So, uh, and Magic Online definitely will not tell you. <laughs> and this one, it is, even the one that must attack also cannot block, right? Because if this is the second time this ability is resolved this turn, that creature attacks during its controller's next combat phase if able. But it yes. also. Yeah, it doesn't say okay. instead. You're right. Yeah, this doesn't okay. say instead. So this just determines which creature has to attack. Okay. Uh, yeah. Both of them can't block. But like I said, you can target the same yeah, thing yeah. multiple times if they only have two creatures. You're correct. I, I, The other thing is that similar effects in the past have used instead to make like a different version of the thing. Yeah. So read the card and that's, I, I didn't read it clearly confused. enough. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so shield counters boon of safety is an instant for single white. It says, put a shield counter on target creature. Scry one. The reminder for shield counters is if it would be dealt damage or destroyed, remove a shield counter from it instead. So shield counters are very cool and also aggravating. They're a new type of counter. Uh, they're like an ability word counter, like flying or lifelink or first strike, but they're totally new. And anything can have a shield counter put on it. Um, having a shield counter on, on an object means if this would take any damage at all or would be destroyed by something that says destroy, prevent that, either the damage or the destruction, and remove this shield counter. If you have multiple shield counters, you only remove one shield counter from something. Um, so there's like an angel that puts two shield counters on herself. Uh, removing a shield counter is not optional. So if you have like a 4-5 and it blocks a 2-2 two -two and your 4-5 has a shield counter on it, you'll prevent the 2 damage and remove the shield counter even though it didn't kill yeah. it and couldn't kill it. Um, it also does not care. It doesn't care if the damage is preventable or not. So there's a, um, there's a spell in this set that says damage can't be prevented. Uh, and... So if the damage can't be prevented from something, the shield counters will still get removed and do nothing. Bummer. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, so combat damage also behaves in a way that you might not expect with shield counters. So let's say you attack with a 2-2 two -two and they block with a pair of 3-3s. Three mm -hmm. um, and the 3-3s three don't have first strike, don't have double strike. They're dealing all their damage at the same time to that 2-2, two -two, right? The shield counter prevents all the damage because it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. When it gets removed. So it's, it's a little weird. It, it, it like, you might not think that it, you might think you have to pick which the damage is prevented from. No, if the damage is all happening at once, it's all one damage event and gets prevented by a single shield counter. Great. There's also one very oddball interaction. Um, so if you have like a, like a three, three, you somehow got two damage marked on you. And then you had a shield counter added later, like by boon of safety. So you still have damage marked, and then you get minus one, minus one from, like, uh, Nightclubber. Then you'll become a 2-2 two -two with two damage marked on you that tries to destroy you, and the shield counter doesn't save you because you're still going to have lethal damage marked. Yeah. Right? And so it, you, you'll still die at the at the end result of that. This could technically happen in this set. It's 
it requires you to like collude with your opponent to have it happen though, I think. <laughs> because what? you have to like block a creature and then put a shield counter on later and then have them night clubber you or something. All right, buddy, are you ready to collude to make a rules nightmare happen? Yeah. Um, I so, have a question, Rob. Yeah. What if I am playing um, shield counters in modern and I have totem armor on my boggle? So you choose which replacement effect applies. Okay. Because both of them prevent either damage or... So if it's non-lethal damage, the shield counter always gets there, right? Yeah. So if you have like a 4-4 boggle that's being dealt three damage by a by an anger of the gods or something, right. uh, the shield counter will eat the anger of the gods damage. But if, you're, if your opponent's casting Supreme Verdict, then you get to choose which replacement effect applies. And so whether or not the totem armor applies or the shield counter. And so whether or not you remove the enchantment or the counter. Oh, okay. So, wow. I get to um, choose. Yeah, if, if one thing is trying to be replaced by two things... Uh, the the controller of the affected object chooses which applies to it. Great. So. Excellent. So uh, we're going to move on to five or more mana values, which is a new line of text that is on a bunch of cards in this set. Uh, we're going to look at Sewer Crocodile. I love Sewer Crocodile. Sewer Crocodile he's looks great. so happy. Yeah. He's having just, he's just having a, yeah, he's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. um, so Sewer Crocodile <laughs> here. Yep. He's a he's blue and five for a four six creature crocodile with blue and three uh, activated ability. Sewer crocodile can't be blocked this turn. This ability costs three mana less to activate if there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard. So a lot of people when they read this go, oh, so five lands have five mana values. No, they one mana value. This they remove the word different different because it, like it's technically extraneous in the English language to put different yeah. on this. Um, is it though? Yeah, because there's if you have a three things that all cost one, that's one mana value in there. <laughs> it's just like reading this though. I would. Yeah. I mean, I think I would like. Oh, I understand what they mean. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I would be on the cl the crew yeah. that's like, I think you should keep different in there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, yeah. I. They have made some templating choices. I've got one coming up that. Oh, I bet I know oh, which yeah, one it no, is, Rob. No, I, I, yeah, everybody knows what it is. There's <laughs> yeah. a card in, in our cards that is just going to. We have to play the game yeah. with Megan, though, and ask her what she thinks Oh, yeah, does. yeah, yeah. How many things is this card going to exile? Okay, but. <laughs> okay, yeah, later. let's play we'll, the we'll game. We'll play that later. Yeah. Um, I'm the, excited to answer. Uh, we also have one returning mechanic now that we're yeah. through all of the, all the new stuff. So Hideaway is back for the people that played in 2007. Uh, <laughs> uh, so wiretapping is blue and four for an enchantment. Hideaway five. Uh, when this enchantment enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library, exile one face down, and then put the rest on the bottom in a random order. And then whenever you draw your first card during each of your draw steps, draw a card. Then if you have nine or more cards in hand, you may play the exiled card without paying its mana cost. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you're probably never going to play that card. Um, <laughs> so... It's going to take a while. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take a while. So, but the whole time you're drawing an extra card every turn, so who You cares? will continue to draw an extra card. That's the thing about these enchantments. Yeah. Even if you play the hideaway card, they persist. They yeah. stick around and continue to do their thing. And they're all pretty okay, honestly. Uh, like, drawing an extra card every turn, great. See, I, I don't actually care about the hideaway card. <laughs> um, so if you played in Lorwyn or have been playing, like, Windburst Kites and Commander or whatever... Um, there are five hideaway lands and then Watcher for Tomorrow in the original Modern Master. Uh, so, or Modern, Modern Horizons. So the old, uh, they've changed how hideaway works. Uh, hideaway used to say this thing enters the battlefield tapped as part of hideaway. 
specifically because they didn't have room on the lands to fit that line of text and also the hideaway reminder text. So they just saved a, a line break, basically. Uh, they moved that out on all of those cards to be a separate line. Um, it comes with a number now. Hideaway always used to be four cards. In this case, it's five. All of the old cards are being changed, so they have hideaway four. Hmm. And the the hideaway number is how many cards you look at every time. Technically, they could print a card with hideaway 90, uh, which is look at your whole library and put a card underneath it. Great. <laughs> and uh, you will exile one face down and packed inside the hideaway rules off in the comp rules. It says you can look at that face down card. So you can look at that card forever, just like you can with um, with the Kaldheim mechanic uh, foretell. Mm -hmm. Just like you can look at foretold face down cards forever. You can look at the hideaway face down card forever. And the not every excelled face down card can be looked at. But you can look at it. Your opponent can't. Um, all of these, when they hit their trigger condition, let you pay the play the card without paying its mana cost during that trigger. That could be at any time. So, so they break the rules for normal timing. So I think the red one lets you play stuff like it's an activated ability that costs five mana to do mm -hmm. to, to play the hideaway card, and so you can just do that like during your opponent's turn to play sorceries and creatures. Uh, which is the way that the other hideaway cards worked. It just wasn't necessarily always obvious. Because you can play the card, you can play lands from this, but you can only play them on your turn. So if you if you have the red one and you activate it on their turn and you have a land underneath it, you won't be able to play the land. Uh, it'll stay in hideaway, though. It'll stay exiled face down. So it just won't do anything. I wonder what will happen on Arena. Like, say you had a double face card that you found with hideaway and you chose it. Will it show them the back face because it in, in real life your opponent will be able well they won't if no, your card you unless your cards were in sleeve right yeah, it's but cards, even when your cards aren't sleeved you're using they the, have checklist the checklist cards, cards. yeah the, oh, okay. the, the 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 assist cards yeah we figured it out so yeah <laughs> you've always been like there there used to be a weird incompatibility with face down and double faced cards and i got rid of that like it it just works um you can even have face down cards in the battlefield that are double faced uh, if we remember back from Manifest, where you could do very oh, yeah. strange things and put like double-faced instants onto the battlefield and stuff, and it was not happy. <laughs> all right, so that's all of our new and returning yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Next up, individual card notes. Individual card notes. We're going to talk about starting with some commons and starting with some commons from this set. I actually have a beef with this set. Uh, I think the commons and uncommons are hard to distinguish their um, the color the the color of yes uh, because like that has happened before when they it's yeah. especially when they have that open like in this case the brass knuckles in the middle have yeah. the opening part yeah exactly and I think that that's very difficult yeah that makes me think it's an uncommon all the time yeah. so uh, just if you have doubt look at the um look at the info line at the bottom of the card to see the commonality because that's what I have to do now apparently because i'm old um so backstreet bruiser is our first one i want to talk about it's blue and one for a three three cephalid rogue with defender it says as long as there are two or more counters among creatures you control backstreet bruiser can attack as though it didn't have defender uh it, he the bruiser does not care if they're the same type of counter or if they're on the same object so if you put two plus one plus one counters in a single creature great backstreet bruiser is fine um if you have a Planeswalker that animates to be a creature, which you can do in this set, uh, the your loyalty counters will make Backstreet Bruiser able to attack. 
Great. Which is very strange. Dig up the body. (laughs) The names in this set. The name is great. And also the art. It's like a person who's it's a vampire coming out of a coffin. And you're like, well, I mean, this isn't wrong. (laughs) Uh, So dig up the body is an instant for black and two. It has casualty one. Uh, So as you cast it, you can sacrifice a creature. Um, It says mill two cards and then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And so then it reminds you what milling is, which is putting two cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. Um, It does not target. Um, So if you sacrifice a creature to casualty, you can return that to dig up the body or to the copy that's made by casualty. So it's not unreasonable to just sacrifice a creature and then hope to get it back for an ETB trigger. Oh, nice. Uh, Masked bandits. So right? cute. Yeah, I use this art because it's incredible. It's the alt art. It's the only one I'm, I'm going to want to use if I play this in a, a constructed type format. Uh, green, red, black, and three for a 5-5 five, five creature raccoon rogue. Uh, it's three <laughs> raccoons. Not in a trench coat, just stealing your yeah. gems or slips they, of paper. They're taking, they're stealing confetti. Yeah, yes. they're, they're raccoons stealing they're confetti. Raccoons, they think yes. trash is worth stealing. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so the mass Bandits has Vigilance and Menace and Two mana and exile it from your hand. So this is an activated ability you can use only while Mask Bandits is in your hand. It says target land gains tap add black, red, or green until Masked Bandits is cast from exile. You may cast Masked Bandits from ex- for as long as it remains exiled. So this is like a mana fixing adventure. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> that's way to really put it. Cool. Yeah. And so the, the cycle is super cool. They fix themselves. If you were playing two of the colors of Masked Bandits in your limited deck, you will always play Masked Bandits because it solves its own problem. Because you can use the mana from Masked Bandits to cast Masked Bandits. So like a raccoon. Yes. Beautiful. And solves its own solves problems. Yeah, this, it solves its own problems. <laughs> um, also, uh, it has a weird thing going on. Uh, so you'll oftentimes in paper like tuck this underneath your land to show that it's like enchanted by your Masked Bandits or whatever. Yeah. There are some cards that can remove cards from Exile. Um, Mass Bandits only stops giving the land the ability if it is cast from exile. If they remove it from exile somehow with another ability, the land keeps the ability forever. Oh, cool. Which is an untrackable random ability added to a land. It's very weird. Okay. Uh, That's good to know. Give yourself a little raccoon token. Yeah. Right is raccooned (laughs) on your land. Yes. Um, This next card is great. Gold Hound. Uh, 1-1 One one for single red uh, artifact creature treasure dog. Uh, dogs were already treasures, but Wizards is being very clear that this yes. dog is especially a treasure. Yes. It has first strike and menace and tap and sacrifice gold hound. Add one mana of any color. It's a little, it's a little ginger root. Yeah. But different. Yeah. It, it it's it, like they they liked doing this on adding the the treasure and food subtypes to to cards. It's pretty cool. Uh, one note. Treasure is not a creature type. If people bring this up, they're like, what can we do now that treasure is a creature type? And I'm like, treasure is not a creature same type. Same thing that yeah. happened with same shrines. Th- yeah, sh- same as shrines, same with ginger brute. Ginger brute is a food, but food is an artifact type, not a creature type. Yeah. So just be aware. It's it, it's like dried arbor. Dried arbor doesn't make, it doesn't make forest into a creature type. Yeah. Subtypes associate with certain types and they're snobs about associating <laughs> with other types. We can't associate with other yep. types. <laughs> Hold for Ransom. White and one for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block and has seven. Uh, colon. Hold for Ransom's controller, sacrifices it, and draws a card. Activate only as a sorcery. 
So this is cool. It's a pacifism. Uh, it Then they can cash that in to get their creature back and uh, give you a card. So you still don't lose a card when Hold for Ransom comes off. It's great. Um, note, this isn't like the, the arrest in Neon Dynasty. Your ransomed creatures can drive your cars. Your ransom creatures, your ransom creatures can have their activated abilities activated. <laughs> so, uh, for some reason, if they hold your creature for ransom and you have one of the vehicles in the set, great. You know, it's like if you're holding something for ransom, you might as well make them drive you around in a limo. Yeah. Well, no. It, it, the thing is that you don't lose the creature, so like they can't make your creature drive around in a limo. Oh, I you see make what you're your saying. creature drive around in a limo. Like, okay, it listen, makes no sense. You're ransomed <laughs> yes. right now, but I need you to drive the car. Yeah, I, I understand. Like. Are you in like an iron mask kind of situation where like you're going to drive this car around, but you can't. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, a good call out. I would have forgotten yeah, about be, that. Be aware that creatures that are held for ransom can drive cars. OK. OK. <laughs> Great. Why? Well, yeah. who knows? Incriminate. Black and one for a sorcery. Choose two target creatures controlled by the same player. That player sacrifices one of them. So you have to have two targets. If they only have one creature, you can't target just that creature. However, if they have only one target left when this resolves, they have to sacrifice that target. Ooh. So they're like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll kill my one creature yeah, so you can't. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice this creature, yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> this logic makes both. no sense on yeah. any level, but you just yeah. can't do it but anyway. You, but you might do it, like, so you might just, like, target two things and then, like, bounce one with a bounce spell to turn this into a sure. unconditional kill spell and make your bounce spell a lot more useful. Yeah. So, like, it's not unreasonable to do that. Okay. And also, so, to be clear, if they target two things with this, don't sacrifice one to casualty thinking that you're getting out yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless you plan to sacrifice both, in which case, do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair enough. Majestic Metamorphosis. It's an instant for blue and two. Until end of turn, target artifact or creature becomes a 4-4 angel artifact creature and gains flying. Draw a card. This is very cool. Uh, I like it because there's a ton of treasure in this set, an unbelievable amount of treasure in this set. And a lot of the times you'll animate your treasures and attack or block. Great. Yeah, it's pretty sick. That's a problem, actually. This doesn't grant haste. If you have a big pile of treasures on Arena, I frankly have no idea how it will determine what treasure to target. Right. I'm sure it'll so, go for the non-sick summoning sick uh, one. But yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers we crossed. Uh, I definitely have no idea how Magic Online is going to do it. Because you'll have a you'll have a bunch of treasures there. You somehow have to pay attention and psychically know which treasure is allowed yeah. to attack this turn. If you make a treasure on the same turn and then animate it with with majestic, majestic metamorphosis. This makes me yeah. have a question, Rob. Is yeah. any object that comes into the battlefield, even if it's not a creature, have summoning sickness? Uh, so yeah, summoning sickness is colloquial. It just means if it is a creature, then it can't activate abilities or attack. Um, so once it knows that it's a creature, it knows yeah. that it's sick. Yeah, it, tra yes. yeah, it tracks. I've been, <laughs> the treasure I been is here. over here like, well, I wasn't summoning sick, I'm just a treasure. But, yeah, but everybody's used to this, right? Like if you if you have a Mutavault and you play Mutavault and you animate Mutavault, you can't attack. Right, it, yeah. right. right. It's exactly the same thing. Um, they've, they've gotten around a lot of the land animation that they print just gives the land haste, which seems extraneous, but solves this problem. Yeah. It right. just makes me think of like, I was just a treasure. I was just sitting here having a nice life yeah. being non-sentient. You made me into it. I did not yeah. ask you I to. I didn't know yes. I was sick until you made <laughs> yeah. me alive. Yes. Exactly. It's really messed up <laughs> when you think about it. It's, it's a little strange. Enjoy life, yes. sucker. Yes. I have this bag of cold go gold coins that now hates me. <laughs> Just like being a parent. Ah. Yes, I'm, I'm a parent to my bag of gold coins. Yeah. So prize fight, um, I picked in part because of the art, because this is it's one great. of the most adorable cards. Uh, green and one for an instant. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. 
create a treasure token. I just wanted to point out you get the treasure even if you don't win the fight. Oh, this is like fight. No, this is fight nice. rigging, right? You bet on your on yourself to lose if you were going to lose. You bet and, on yourself. Yes, and, that's and great. And if you win, you get the prize. Like <laughs> I love it. Security bypass. Blue and one for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. As long as enchanted creature is attacking alone, it can't be blocked. Enchanted creature has, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, it connives. Uh, so we mentioned conniving earlier. This is also non-optional for this trigger. If you hit your opponent, you must connive, which probably makes your creature, like, 50-50 to make your creature bigger, which is nice. Intuit a giant. So if you're at a, two, at a pre-release playing two at a giant, attacking alone counts your teammates' creatures if they attack in the same combat. So... If you if your teammate's creature attacks at the same time as yours, it's not attacking alone, which means your opponent can block your security bypass creature. Okay, yeah. Witness protection. Single blue aura. Enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green and white citizen creature with base power and toughness that is 1-1 one, one, named Legitimate Business Person. <laughs> I love this card. Everything about this card is phenomenal. Um, the It does some interesting things, though, because not a lot changes the names of creatures. Yeah. So uh, th- this obviously, this is a joke written in Magic in magic Rules template, right. and I love it. Uh, so this changes the name. So if you have a legendary creature, and I put it in Witness Protection, and then you play another legendary creature, and I put that one in Witness Protection, they're both named Legitimate Business Person. And they're both legendary they're both creatures. Legendary creatures. <gasps> they're like, we both can't be here. Yes. But Us if you, two yeah, legendary exactly. legitimate business <laughs> yes, people. Yes, <laughs> exactly. On the flip side, if if I if you play a legendary creature and I make it a legitimate business person and you play another copy of the same legendary creature, well, that other one's in witness protection. It's not they named the it same as know. your legend. <laughs> my name isn't. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a legitimate person, business person. Um, also, on top of that, Copy effects don't copy uh, continuous effects that apply to the object. So if you have a creature, eyewitness protection it, and you use Jaxus the Troublemaker to make a token copy of it until end of turn, it copies the base characteristics of the object. So it gets the base creature outside of witness protection as a copy. Oh, okay. So it isn't named legitimate business person. It isn't 1-1. It isn't green and white citizen. It's whatever the base card is, which might be a green and white citizen. Who knows? But like probably isn't a 1-1 and certainly isn't named legitimate business person. Oh, delightful. Barroom Brawler. Ballroom Brawlers. Sorry, Ballroom Brawlers. Great. White, white, three for a three, five creature human warrior. Whenever Ballroom Brawlers, man, I'm I'm never going to be able to say this card right, attacks. Ballroom Brawlers and up to one other target creature you control both gain your choice of first strike or lifelink until end of turn. Uh, You target two things and you make one choice. So you'll choose first strike, and they'll both get first strike, or lifelink, and they both get lifelink. You don't choose one for each. Uh, it's the same choice for both of the creatures. Don't try to cut in. They'll cut yes. back. Yes. Great flavor text. <laughs> I really like the idea that, like, uh, like fencing dancing is, like, a thing in this setting, right? Because that's, what, like, there's a bunch of people that are, like, that are, like, dancing with swords all over, and yeah. it's very interesting. Very dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. A bouncer's beatdown is green and two for an instant. The spell costs two mana less to cast if it targets a black permanent. Bouncer's beatdown deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, exile it instead. Uh, this figures out how much damage it deals as it resolves. So you target their creature and they can kill your biggest thing in response, and then it will 
it'll calculate based on whatever's left yeah. at the time that it resolves. So you it can is, get blown yeah, out. You can get blown out by this card. It's not super likely, I don't think, but like this is an instant. There's a yeah. bunch of instants like this, yeah. so they might get you. Exotic pets. Delightful. Yeah. This card's great. This card's great. Uh, blue white one for an instant. Create two one one blue fish creature tokens with this creature can't be blocked. Then for each kind of counter among creatures you control, put a counter of that kind on either one of those tokens. Jeez, this could be good. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be. It, it like, But there's a limit, right? So if you have five plus one plus one counters on a single creature, that is one type of counter. So you'll get one plus one plus one counter to put on either of your pets. Okay. So if you have, you know, five plus one plus one counters, three first strike counters, you get one plus one plus one and one first strike counter. Gotcha. So, just be aware. You you don't get to ride along and get the, the biggest number of counters or whatever. It counts the different types of counters. If you have an animated planeswalker, which can happen in the set, you can put loyalty counters on exotic pets. They don't do anything. <laughs> no, but they can, the, but just they can get them. The the fish, fear, yeah. Feel more loyal to you. Yes, the fish will be more loyal. Uh, <laughs> freelance Muscle. That's the name of my company. <laughs> freelance Muscle? Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, freelance Muscle is a 4-4 four, four for green and 4. It's a creature rhino warrior. And whenever Freelance Muscle attacks or blocks, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the greatest power and or toughness among other creatures you control. So uh, this is a kind of a weird phrasing. It may make you read it twice. It gets a single number. It looks at all of your other creatures and says, all right, what's your power or toughness? All right, uh, go on to the next. Yeah. It, it calculates what the single what's, biggest number. What the biggest one? Yeah, the biggest one between all the things. And then it uh, gives that single bonus to itself for both halves of itself. So it doesn't give like the biggest power to its power and the biggest tough to its toughness. It would need like four times as many words and probably wouldn't work right anyways. <laughs> and he owns a gun. I, th that's like that's un unre unrelated to rules. I thought they got rid of guns in Magic after Portal 2. Uh, yeah, I thought they did too. Yeah, like Kamigawa doesn't have guns. Maybe maybe this is like a, maybe like it's a, a tool Halo of, gun. Yeah, it looks it's. It might be a tool of some variety, but it yeah. really just looks like it's like a good time. He's part of the Riveteers, maybe. It shoots rivets. Sure. It's a nail gun. Okay. All right, we've solved cool. it. Cool. Yes. Uh, Lagrella, the magpie. This is when we get to play or figure out this card. Okay, great. What does this Let's card do, do? All right, so blue, white, green, legendary creature, human soldier. Two, three. When Lagrella, the magpie, enters the battlefield, exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players until Lagrella leaves the battlefield. When an exiled card enters the battlefield under your control this way, put two plus one plus one counters on it. Each of my opponents controls five scroll tokens. Okay. I have three opponents. I have three I also opponents control and they each control five scroll tokens. Five squirrels. I have five scroll tokens. I also How have five scrolls. Yeah, just, just to make it fair, how many squirrels is Lagrella going to exile? Or okay. can Lagrella exile? Exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players. I can exile up to four. One of each of theirs and one of mine. Okay. Um, they aren't tokens. They're they're non-token squirrels. What happens when Lagrella dies? When Lagrella dies... <laughs> they... They go back to their people. The yep. squirrels return to their people. Okay. Uh, what's this stuff with the plus, with plus one plus My one counters? My squirrel get big. Yes, your squirrel get big. Okay, uh, I exiled you, four squirrels. You are, she die, you are, everyone get their back, are, my squirrel get big. You are absolutely correct. I'm surprised. A lot of people are like, I can exile all my opponent's creatures. It says any number. And I'm like, but by different players. Yes. Yeah. It is, I mean, I... 
had to work through yes um (laughs) on this uncommon yeah on this uncommon and so yeah people are misreading her she does a weird thing where if your opponent stole an object of your a creature of yours and she exiles the creature that they stole and your own creature Mm -hmm. and then you like bounce lagrella she leaves the battlefield and you get them back because they return to their owner's uh, yes uh, um under their owner's control by default Right. So she she gives them yeah. back to their owner, which is you in both cases. And then both of them will enter with two plus one plus one counters. Great. So that's that's the weird case of like why they phrased it the way that they did I, on this. I, I looked at this card and I am one of the people who thought this was a wrath. I yeah. mean, a one sided wrath, of, yeah. you know, and I was just like, wait, what is going on here? No, I I think that the template, I think that they tried to trim words to make it fit. Yeah. Sure. It, there's like there's an alternate way that where they could phrase it. It's like when Lagrella enters the battlefield. Exile up to one target creature controlled by each player other than Lagrella. Because the other thing is you can't exile her with her yeah. own ability. Yeah. And so I don't know if that fits in other languages, if there if part of it was a translation problem, if part of it it doesn't fit this on this card. It's a translation that way. problem in English. It is. It it hundred percent <laughs> is. But um it's a it's a template they've never really used before. And yeah, I don't doubt com- if they'll use it again. Um slip out the back. Single blue instant. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. It phases out. <laughs> Just a random uncommon Goodbye. that phases okay, out a thing. Sure. Um, so creatures that phase out don't leave the battlefield and they don't enter the battlefield. They just like cover their yoing, eyes and ears yoing. and shout and say, la, 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 la. You can't interact with me. Um, they, they, it lasts until the controller's next untap step, the controller of the creature. So if you phase out their creature during their next untap step, that creature phases back in. If you phase out your creature during your next untap step, it phases back in. Right. Phasing also phases out anything attached to it. So any auras that are attached to it go along. Any any equipment. And they don't fall off or anything. Yeah, they don't fall They're off. They're just they, also covering they just their phase eyes. Out yeah. And, yeah. You can phase out tokens now because we're living in the future. If you uh, came in a time machine from the 10 years, 15, welcome 20 years to when tokens couldn't phase out. Yeah. Now. Well, welcome <laughs> to the future. And you can phase out tokens and they'll come back just fine. Yeah. Um. That's a good protection spell. I like it. Yeah, it's it both protects your thing, and then sometimes you can phase out their creature to punch through a damage. Yeah. So, uh, Ginny Fay, Jetmir's second. Ugh, beautiful. Okay, so I have no idea how to read these mana costs. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's a bunch <laughs> of creatures with, like, hybrid red-green-green, hybrid green-white mana cost is Ginny Fay's mana cost. I really wish that we had cleaner words for yeah. the hybrid symbols. Because you can look at Ginny Fay and you understand. You can pay, play this for green, green, green. You can pay, play this for red, green, white. You can play this for red, green, green, or white, green, green. You can also play for green, green, green. I started yeah, with you that. Said that. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Th- that's the part of the problem with this is there's a lot of ways to cast this spell, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, which is there's a cycle of these. I appreciate them. They're really easy to cast in a three color set, but they're very complicated to actually like explain or like talk about. Um, so Ginny Fay though, is a 3-3 legendary creature elf druid. If you would create one or more tokens, you may instead create that many 2-2 green cat creature tokens with haste or that many 3-1 green dog creature tokens with vigilance. I'm done with Jetmere. Put her in charge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ginny Fay uh, replaces any tokens. Um, so you can choose to make your treasures into dogs. <laughs> they, I mean, they were the dogs They're were already, already treasures. treasures. <laughs> right, but, but now they can attack them back. Yeah. Um, but they aren't treasures anymore. 
technically by the magic rules. <laughs> um, but you like you can pet gold, but petting gold is not as fun as petting a dog or a cat. I don't know. Speak for um, yourself. So Ginny Faye will replace – it is an optional replacement for any token creation that you make. Um, but if the – if there's a trigger that tracks that token in some way. So for instance, uh, Jax is the troublemaker says um, at end of turn, sacrifice the token that you make, or so does, um, so does fable of the mirror breaker. Mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm, yeah. the reflection of Kiki Jiki from the previous set tracks the token and, and will make you sacrifice at end of turn. Uh, it will still track that token. Um, it's like you became a dog, but I know it's you. Yeah, I, 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 I don't lose track of my. Like, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you could use that. Um, today we were talking about uh, worst rares and there's the rare uh, uh, that the land. the land that makes all of your lands tap for treasure. You could tap all of your lands and make eight cat oh, yeah. tokens. Yeah. Great. Or uh, yeah. Haste I told cats. you. See, you didn't really like good. that card. I told you. Well, well it, this is pretty weird. I mean, it costs six. It costs six mana and doesn't do anything the turn you play it. So. Maestro's Ascendancy. Red, black, blue for an enchantment. Once during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard by sacrificing a creature in addition to paying its other costs. If a spell cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So you just once per turn ship a creature to cast a spell. Yeah. Like who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. Um, if that spell has... Other, so you're paying the mana cost, obviously, because it says in addition to its costs. If it has other additional costs, like casualty in this set, you can choose to pay those costs as well. Uh, so if you if you use Maester's Ascendancy to play a card with casualty, you can sacrifice two creatures Sick. to get to get to one to play it and then one to get the casualty effect. Nice. Um, and then it gets exiled if it would be put into your graveyard. If they return that spell to your hand, uh, then it doesn't get exiled. Nice. Uh, so there's a couple of things that instead of countering spells, return them to hand. I hope there's a lot so. of ways to a lot of like little tiny creatures that the maestros can just yeah. throw around. Or there's a lot of fish. Ding, so ding, I think ding, sleeping ding, with ding, the fish's fish is designed to like yeah. get shipped yeah. to things. And there's there's a lot of token makers. There's a lot of citizen makers. You end up with a pile of those. It looked like <laughs> professional face breaker. I love this. Great name. name. This, wow. set, this set has like the best names it's of all time. Great. Uh, so red and two for a two, three creature human warrior with menace. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. Sacrifice a treasure to exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So the thing with professional face breaker is um, it, it says whenever one or more creatures you control deal damage or combat damage to a player. So if you attack with three creatures, you get one treasure back. Yeah. But if that's if they all deal damage at the same time. If one of them has first strike, it deals first strike damage first, and you get a treasure from that. And then the other ones deal regular combat damage, and then you get Aha. a treasure from that. Nice. One creature with double strike will just get you two treasures if they don't block it. Handy. So it's pretty nice uh, in those circumstances. H- there's you're a, hired. Yeah, She's there's hired. an uncommon creature with yeah. double strike with a shield counter in this set. Ooh. So like, nice. <laughs> you'll, like that, that seems pretty good at the professional face breaker. Um. Reservoir Kraken. This is my leader for least favorite card in the set. Um, blue, blue, two for a six, six creature Kraken. It it's going to make you so mad. Yeah, it's trample, make us all. Yeah. Trample and ward two. Jeez, what are they doing? It has a drawback. It has this drawback trigger that is terrible. Uh, at the beginning of each combat, if Reservoir Kraken is untapped, any opponent may tap an untapped creature they control. If they do, tap Reservoir Kraken and create a 1-1 blue fish creature token with this creature can't be blocked. 
Huh. I do like that all the fishies can't be blocked yeah. in this set. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's, it's very, fish, very man. adorable. It's going to um, get you. Yep. The thing with the Reservoir Kraken is, so you play Reservoir Kraken on your main phase. It can't attack that turn. But your opponent still gets the chance to tap it if you go to combat. <laughs> so if you're in a if you're in a competitive setting, you uh, you have to remind your opponent of your detrimental trigger, even though it probably doesn't really do anything that first turn. Then on their turn, <laughs> if they didn't tap it, you have to remind them again because it's every combat, not just oh. your combats. Yeah. Because oh. they should be able to get the chance to punch through for damage so that you can't block with your sixes. Sure. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's a real good way. Uh, this is the same card as if you remember Desecration Demon from Return yeah, to Ravnica. I do. Yep. Uh, this is the same card as Desecration Demon. It, r- except that it doesn't tr- it doesn't have a meaningful trigger if it's already tapped, so you don't have to remind it because it has an if it's untapped. So if they tap it on your turn or you attack with it on your turn, then they don't get a trigger on their turn, which is a little more sane because Desecration Demon always triggered even if it was tapped, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, this is it, this is a warning factory. We're gonna fudge policy a little bit based on it. Um, because policy doesn't work very well with it. You should remind your opponent a bunch because it is a drawback on your creature um, that they get the chance to do this. I want the fish instead anyway, though. Do give, you? Give it's a, me it's a my six, fish. It's a 6-6 Trample Ward 2. Give I me want the my fish. fish. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of circumstances where you can't even attack with the 6-6 six, six Trample. They have, like, yeah, a pair of 4-4s. Four, that's why I want yeah, the fish. Yeah, they probably just won't tap a 4-4. Four, four. They'll be like, yeah, bring it on. Trade a 4-4 four, four for your Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Uh, you technically have to remind your opponent of this a lot. It's your trigger, which is the worst part of it. So, like, and if you forget and, like, you're like, go to combat, swing with all my creatures. Uh, our policy isn't terribly great about you missed your Reservoir Kraken trigger pre-attackers. Yeah. Uh, we'll rewind for it. It's not, like, policy doesn't cover it very well, but, like, we'll do it. Smokey we'll the Bear the says, only you can remind people of your detrimental yeah. triggers. <laughs> well, yeah. Your opponent will point it out a lot just because they have uh, to. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you should repi- remind your opponent of the reservoir cracking triggers. <laughs> um, but sometimes you'll forget because it's been five turns and they've said no, sir, to every turn. Yeah. And it's just stopped being relevant. Rob, this next card, Scheming Fence. Did yeah. you know that Fence was a kind of person? Yeah. Well, how Maria come I did learned it? that today. I just learned it today. Yeah, Fence is a person who receives stolen goods, usually from uncle. All right, fine. <laughs> like, I, I don't. <laughs> I know. I, I literally told her her she was shocked. To, to be fair, I read a lot of like weird science fiction and crime books, and so like, okay, like yeah. Uh, so scheming fence is uh, white blue for a two three creature human citizen. As scheming fence enters the battlefield, you may choose a non land permanent. Activated abilities of the chosen permanent can't be activated. Scheming Fence has all activated abilities of the chosen permanent except for loyalty abilities. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. Hmm. So he turns off a Planeswalker but can't use their abilities. Yeah. Yeah. But the other things that he does are very strange. He can take away the ability to drive your car Uh, because he he can target a vehicle. So you can't crew it anymore. You're right. Uh, Well, uh, he's got the keys. You can crew scheming fence. This probably doesn't do anything. Yeah, you can you can crew the (laughs) scheming fence for some reason, right? Uh, It usually doesn't do do anything. Um, He can take abilities from equipment, so you can equip scheming fence, or you can try to. If you try to equip a creature to something and that creature doesn't have reconfigure, then it it just falls off immediately. But he can steal reconfigure. Great. This, can... this usually doesn't help you very much because you can reconfigure him onto a creature and then he's equipped, but he doesn't 
usually have abilities All right. that matter. But sometimes equipment will have Weird. abilities like three mana, equipped creature gains a thing. Yeah. He'll have that ability. Okay. So he he does some very strange things with with a lot of cards. Um, anything that refers to itself by name. So if a card that says, you know, uh, if a card, it, usually it's a legendary creature oftentimes, but some other ones will refer to themselves by name on their card. That'll say like, this card name gets some ability. Uh, any abilities that do that refer to him. Okay. So it doesn't just mean... Uh, if he happens to randomly share a name, no, no, no. He he replaces any card names on that card with his name, uh, unless they refer to other cards with its shared name. Yeah, it's a very strange card. I'm definitely uh, like going to turn the, him into a car. Yeah, the ability to crew scheming fence is just very weird. <laughs> uh, Soul of Emancipation, a white, blue, green four for a five seven creature avatar. I love this art. It's very good. This is the gilded. Golden Age frame. Yeah, I use the alternate arts and frames for all the things in this That's because beautiful. I wanted to look at them more. Uh, so when Soul of Emancipation enters the battlefield, destroy up to three other target non-land permanents. Oh. For each of those permanents, its controller creates a 3-3 three, three white angel creature token with flying. Hmm. So you can you can pave your own things to upgrade them to angels. You can destroy your opponent's best things and they get angels back, which is a real trade-off. Yeah. Um, note that if the thing can't be destroyed, like it has a shield counter on it, they still get the angel. Oh. Which is actually, I think, kind of the intention, is that you hit your own creatures with shield counters and trade in shield counters to make angels. Yeah. I'm just trading nice. my lands or whatever. I don't care non -lands. anymore. Oh. You cannot trade in lands. This oh, is not Terastodon. You cannot make 18 power. Oh, yeah. It's like, not well, land. Yeah. Okay, never mind. My treasure's in. Yeah, trade in treasure tokens. Treasure tokens are great to trade in. Um, a lot of times this is going to target your own stuff. And then one thing of your opponents, it's really crucial. Yikes. That is uh, a bomb. It's she's very powerful and it's up to three. So you don't have to hit three. So if you have two treasures and you don't want to give your opponent anything because all they have is a treasure. Yeah. Great. Win the okay. game. Yeah, for sure. Angel of suffering. Angel of suffering is black, black three for a five, three nightmare angel flying. If damage would be dealt to you, prevent that damage and mill twice that many cards. Uh, this is a very cool card. Um, it makes you difficult to kill because your your library it just became your life total. Um, Although it doesn't make it difficult for you to lose the game. Yeah, no, no, no. It doesn't make it difficult for you to lose the game. Um, so it prevents the damage even if you don't have enough cards. If they attack you for 10 damage and you have five cards left in your library, the angel does not care. The yeah. angel will prevent the damage and then mill as many as it can. Um, if the damage can't be prevented... Uh, there's, like I said, there's a card in the set that says damage can't be prevented this turn. You still mill. So you get the worst of both worlds. Ouch. Halo Fountain. Halo Fountain is white and two for an artifact. White tap and untap a tapped creature you control. Create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. White, white tap and untap two tapped creatures you control. Draw a card. White, 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 white. Tap. <laughs> Untap 15 tapped creatures you control, you win the game. I love it. So uh, this is very unusual. Um, you Your creatures must be tapped. Uh, you can't untap creatures that are already untapped. You're untapping um, to pay the cost, not yeah. tapping. Yep, and you yeah. need as many things to do it. So you need actual 15 tapped creatures in order yeah. to activate the last ability. Um, I don't know... It seems really weird to me. Like, if you have 15 tapped creatures, you probably already won the game. Yes. Like, I don't. I would hope I so. I feel like that last line is flavor text, but. I, <laughs> but it's fun. Uh, Luxior, Giada's Gift. 
It's a one mana legendary artifact equipment that says equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each counter on it. And equipped permanent isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its other types. Hmm. Uh, in, and then a reminder text that tells you loyal ability, loyalty abilities can still be activated. Because if you have a loyalty ability and you're not a planeswalker, you can still use it. That's why the fence doesn't doesn't take loyalty abilities because yeah. then he could just start like counting up like a planeswalker. Yeah. Um, equip planeswalker one. There is currently no rule support for this. I, it, it works the way that you think. You, Great. you activate this as an ability, target to a planeswalker. It, this becomes attached to the planeswalker and the planeswalker stops being a planeswalker and starts being a creature. It also has equip three normally. So you can equip it to a random creature to provide out counters. So it's still useful when you don't have planeswalkers. So say it has five plus one plus one counters. Is this going to get plus five plus five then? Yep. Okay. Yep. It counts all the counters that are on that thing. Even if they're dumb, weird, random counters that you've never gotten any value from. Okay. Um, Like it just, it just slaps a bunch of power on top of some things with counters. Um, So this, we've talked about animating planeswalkers before. It gets very strange when you animate a planeswalker and it stops being a planeswalker. Like in this case, uh, you animate it, it stops being a planeswalker, they can no longer attack it. Damage no longer removes loyalty counters from that thing. So if they lightning bolt it, darn it. It just has damage marked on it like it's a creature, uh, which might kill it if it is enough damage, but it might not. Um, it, they keep having loyalty abilities, so they can activate those loyalty abilities. Yeah. And so they can continue to uptick and downtick and ultimate. Uh, losing all their loyalty abilities does not kill them because they're not planeswalker. Or losing all their loyalty counters doesn't kill right. them. Right. Except that it does, because there, there'll be a zero, zero. But if you put a plus one, plus one counter on your loyalty list, or on your planeswalker, and then remove all its loyalty, it'll survive. <laughs> right? You killed Megan. <laughs> it, I, I, yes. I mean, because the power, yes, and, the power yeah. and toughness is based on the loyalty on the lo- count. On the lo- well, on the counters, counters that it has. It had. Right. Yep. Even if you put a first strike. So like the Elspeth in the set like puts first strike counters on things, right? So she could be like, I'm a creature now, plus... Put a first strike counter on myself. It yep. acts also as a. I'm as, also as a plus one, plus one from, yeah. the, yes. from the sword. Yes, and so then she'll be able to count herself Wolf. out and then survive. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> it's very, very weird. Um, so we're going to talk about another planes. We're going to talk about a planeswalker in this set, Obnixilis, the adversary. Uh, Obnixilis is red black one for a legendary planeswalker. Nixilis. He starts with three loyalty. I'm going to skip his casualty for now. I'll come back to it. Uh, plus one for each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. So they get to choose. Do I discard a card or not? Um, if they don't want to discard a card, they lose two life. If they have no cards, they can't choose to discard a card, so they have to lose two life. Minus two. Create a 1-1 one, one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. Minus seven. Target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. Uh, that's an offer they cannot refuse. If you target them, they have to they have to take damage. Nice. Um, he also has Casualty X. This copy, the copy isn't legendary and has starting loyalty X. So as you cast it, you can sacrifice a creature of any size. You aren't locked into the base power like Casualty normally has. The, the copy goes in the stack and is put on the battlefield. Like I said, Casualty can go on anything. And the starting loyalty of that copy is based on the power of the thing you sacrifice. So if you sacrifice a seven power creature, you get an Obnix list that isn't legendary. So it can be on the battlefield with the other Obnix list. And you can immediately ultimate that Obnix list token. Sweet. That's the cool thing. Here's the weird thing. That casualty 
ability sets the power and toughness of the copy in layer one. So if you copy that again, you get the starting loyalty based on the casualty X per just dunks. Okay, so if I somehow I made I made my seven loyalty starting on Nicholas yes. with casualty, yes. and then I have an ability that's like you have clever imposter that yes. copies of planeswalker. Make a right? copy of target planeswalker, and it comes in, and it's like my name is Omnixilis, and I've been told I have seven starting loyalty. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> Amazing, um, perfect. I don't know why they did it this way. I wouldn't have done it this way, but they did. So yeah. Have fun um, <laughs> because oh, you're not going to remember it, it, Like if you have that Obnixilis token out for like five turns, you won't have the faintest clue in paper what that starting loyalty was. Gotcha. And then your opponent's going to clever impersonator and be like, so I start with how much loyalty? And he'll be like, uh, big bucks. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I think I sacrificed bucks. a 12 yeah. to it or something like, uh, <laughs> um, Urubrask, heretic praetor. Um, I have a beef with this card. None of the versions are wearing a zoot suit and I'm very unhappy. Like, <laughs> yeah, agree. It's like very mean. Like Jin, Jin Gatax has got like a gi, right? I, I don't remember. Let's look up Jin Gatax. His, his alternate one yeah. ha, has Had, like a gi. It's very cool looking. Oh, I would love to see Urabrask wearing so a little fedora. So if you flick through to the progress timer and look at his alternate. Yeah, he, uh, he's got a fancy. There's version. 50. Yes. Okay, this one, this one? Yeah. Yeah, wearing an outfit. Absolutely. Yeah. He's wearing like a full, like... It, it, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Why doesn't Urbrask get a Urbrask full suit? Urbrask is nude. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> even if you go look at his alternate version. Yeah, that's really rude. Yeah, his... So, Urbrask Heretic Praetor has a fancy version here, but, like, it's just Urbrask. Just yeah. at a different angle, right? Come on, Put buddy. him in an outfit. Try to fool us. Yeah, he should have a zoot suit and a machine gun or something, right? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. So, but what what he actually does, though, for a card. Urbras, Heretic Praetor, Red Red 3 for a 4-4 legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor. Haste. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead, they exile the top card of their library. They may play it this turn. So it, it's symmetrical, right? Uh-huh. Uh, sure. Yeah, on your turn, you get to exile a card and play it in addition to your draw. On their turn, they lose their first draw, basically. The first draw that they're yeah. going to do that turn is going to get exiled. But this is based on a trigger. It's not like a static ability. Mm -hmm. So... The, the triggered ability, you should be pointing out to your opponent before they draw every turn when you have Urbrask. Well, yeah, it's because, not going into their hand. Yeah, it's it's really annoying to actually process in paper you play. They stop. Yeah, you, uh, hold on. But, uh, yeah. That draw is exiled. That draw is uh, Don't draw yet. That draw will be exiled. Yeah. Um, it's really annoying. Also, this prevents your opponent from decking because they don't draw for their turn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Weird. You would, th you would think that this is just some like weird corner case. This came up twice at the pre pre release. Wow. Ke Holy Kenji had, had Urbrask in his library and ran Adam Savadan out of cards. <laughs> but it, yeah, and then had to kill like, his own Urbrask. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that is great. I love Wild. that. Because so, he was trying to mill people. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it only affects the first draw of their of their turn. So if they draw later in the turn, Urbrask won't affect it. And it it doesn't affect things on your turn either. So oftentimes they'll be like, they'll like play a draw spell on your turn and be like, hold on, those should get exiled. And you don't get to like, I get to know, no, 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 they, no, they go yeah. into their hand normally. Okay. Um. So just, wow. Card is weird and fun. I, I like, yeah. this is actually kind of a fair Praetor. 
which is very interesting. <laughs> like the original Urbrask, which was the fairest praetor of them all. The fairest praetor of them all. Mirror, 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 mirror. Of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Thank you, Judge Ross. Yeah, you're Jeez. welcome. I feel very prepared. Yes, as do I. Yeah. Hopefully this all made sense. But Maria, we are not all prepared. No. Because in order to be truly prepared, we must know what cards are the grossest and which are the cutest. Absolutely. In this set. It's very important information. Yes. And we take our job very seriously yes, here we at Good do. Luck High Five Studios. Yes, we do. Um, where do you want to start? I'll start with grossest card because do you know what? There aren't many gross cards. No, there aren't. Because they're all very lovely. Yeah. They're very pretty. And so even when weird stuff is happening, it just looks nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so actually the grossest card is one that we already talked about today because it is cut of the profits. It is the yeah. most disturbing card in the set. Yeah. What is happening here? Is it just a metaphor? Are they just making <laughs> body gold? <laughs> no, they're making fruit punch. Yes, they're, they're, blood, making they're making blood fruit punch no, sponges. Punch yes. sponge. Like, <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. They're making punch, punch sponge. sponges. Copyright. Good luck. I mean, <laughs> with his body, it's very, and they're like holding him down. It's very messed up. Spooky card. Bad vibes all around. Punch sponge vibes. Punch yeah. sponge. Coming to the Minnesota Fair this summer. Uh, cutest card was also kind of a little tough because we normally only use the traditional arts to judge cutest card. Yeah. However, since the non-traditional arts are becoming more and more common and they're letting the artists have more fun, we're yeah. seeing much cuter cards appear in the additional art. Mm -hmm. um, so a card I would like to nominate is Scuttling Butler, which is a little robot butler, <laughs> which pushes great. your luggage around for you. It's very cute. I love robots. It's adorable. And it its is. name is great. It's yep. really adorable. Scuttling butler. I love yes. this card. People are just going to call this scuttlebutt. Oh, like, scuttlebutt. That's like, cute. I didn't even think about that. It's literally. I, yep. It's <laughs> extra cute. Extra yep. cute. Um, we have other cute cards. Ginny Faye, of course, is very cute. Oh, I yep. love Ginny Faye. Holding the kitty cat and the dog. Um, we love you, Ginny Faye. You're great. Exotic Pets is very cute, which is the fish card. Oh, yeah. very cute. I love that it makes little unblockable fish. Uh, we have Nimble Larcenist, which is very cute. Not only is it a cute bird, but it's a bird who's stealing stuff. I love that. That is a cute activity. <laughs> yeah. I love that for you. Wow, theft is cute when birds do it. You heard it here. <laughs> Magpie is one of the cutest birds. Uh, Cabaretti Initiate is a very cute raccoon citizen. Um, so very cute. Thumbs up. I love all of the raccoons in the set, which leads me to the cutest card for Streets of New Capenna, which is an alternate art. I have to specify because the original art is kind of dark and you can't really tell what's going on. But the golden age frame of Masked Bandits. Congratulations. You are the cutest card for Streets of New Capenna. You're very oh, cute. It's so Cute. It's head and shoulders above everything else, honestly. I agree with you. Like, yeah. it, it's enough to make you break your rules. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. It you is. know what? The original is also very cute. Look at this raccoon and its little top hat with its little cane behind it. I just, it's just hard to see. Okay, it's kind you of know? dark. But, but yes, I see it what you're saying. It is also quite cute. But yeah, this set the also was, was a little tough to find cute stuff because, once again, it's just all very pretty. Lots of humanoid characters, not a lot of cute animals. But mass bandits, they're three bandits. Look at them. He's got a great pop collar. <laughs> They're stealing confetti. They're wearing hats. 
There's, they're stealing trash. It's a trash can. Oh, it is a trash can. They're stealing trash <laughs> out of a trash can. Oh. I told you. What do raccoons steal? The only thing they think is of value. Okay. Trash. Here's a here's a high res version. Oh, you of found it. Oh, wow. That's also cute. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is. Not as cute as the alt art stealing trash. Wow. What a great, great cute card. Very cute. It's a, a very, plus. very dapper raccoon in this one. Yeah. That one, they're, they're just like, the little hey, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, we're going we're to have some fun with this. Time theft. to get in the alley. <laughs> oh, great. I'm so excited for this set, you all. Yeah, it's, me too. It's going to be a blast. Oh, I, it's I, the flavors out of this park. Uh, I just, I just love out it. Out of this park? Out of this I, park specifically. Not the park. This but out park. Of this the, park. The, 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 par- the park where we sell fruit sponge, uh, yes. punch sponges, right? Punch. It is out <laughs> of the punch sponge park. <laughs> it's gonna be. Maria, you have to do it at a Halloween party. Come on. Let everybody be a little vampire. Yeah. People are going to be like, what is this? I am not doing it. And, and you and you add lots of extra food coloring to it. Yes. So it's very red and it just stains their mouths when yes. they drink their punch sponge. Everyone, I'm sorry. These are the only drinks that are available. You, you must take you a sponge. You have to use a sponge. I don't have any cups. I threw them all away. Only sponges to drink from in this house. You just have a tray of punch sponges laid out right it's, it's not even like it's not sponge. yeah it's not it's not a bowl with like sponges to dip no it's just a tray of punch pre pre punch sponge <laughs> if the sponge was edible i would be like this is great but it's horrible because you can't eat it are there edible sponges they're probably edible sponges there's gotta be uh, i'm really excited for this party <laughs> and i'm really excited for streets of new Cabana. Hey, Megan, it's me, Soren. Oh, no, get out of here. You're literally the worst. But look at him so cute on this play mat. Do you know what? What about rest in, what in, what about rest in peace, our friend Tamio? Tamio. I mean, she not dead, but is she complete? She Phyrexian now. We're saying thank you to Ultra Pro, one of our amazing yeah. sponsors, by showing off their Chibi Planeswalker playmats. Yes, specifically one that makes me quite sad and one that makes me quite angry. So, like, we've we've got the whole gamut of the emotion. The whole range of emotions. Thanks to Ultra sad Pro. Sad angry. That's yes. it, that's Celebrate a every emotion. But it's but it cute, so that's something. I mean, the Tamiya one is adorable. So She's cute. sitting on a moon. And look at little Emrakul. Back here in the corner. Oh, cute. In the moon. I like Soren because he stuff. looks so mad. He's yes. so mad. Oh, he's so angst. <laughs> he's so angst. This is great. I love Ultra Pro. Um, th- these are featuring the secret layer art. Of course, they do this on their on their stuff. Play mats, mm-hmm. deck boxes, sleeves. Also traditional magic art. You can find basically any kind of art you want to celebrate on their products. And you get a discount if you use, use the code GLHF when you check out. 5% off. Nice. Which I believe applies on top of any other discount wow. you use at Ultra Pro. Go get it. So they're having a sale now, which is a, like a, a spring cleaning clear out sale. Before that Streets of New Capenna stuff gets here. Exactly. Go and get some sick, some of these, like old secret layer playmat work. Yeah. Or go get some sweet Neon Dynasty playmats or accessories. They've got great stuff. And a, lo- a lot of it is super heavily discounted. Like normally yeah. the playmat would be like 25 bucks or whatever, down to like $8. Plus, use GLHF, Whoa. get additional 5% off. 
you're basically getting it for free. <laughs> yes. Honestly, you are. And they make and they let us make very silly videos they for do. them, which yeah. we really appreciate. We've got a great one in the hopper coming up. Oh man. I'm so excited. <laughs> Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much once again to Judge Rob. Oh, what a great, what a great asset to our community. He is. Truly. And you know, he was one of the judges in chat for the Loading Ready Run pre pre release. I thought you were going to say he was like, <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> You know, he's replacing Judge Judy. Like, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Did you know Judge Rob is going to be the new gonna Judge Judy? Going to be the new Judy? Judge Judy? <laughs> Actually, her name now is Judy Justice. <laughs> Wait. No, it's not. Is it? Yeah. I think they had to stop calling her a judge legally. Because she's like, oh, are you? Oh, you are serious. I yes. thought you were kidding. No. <laughs> I'm being serious right now. You keep doing the outro and I'm going to okay, look up more info on Judy Justice. I have not heard about this. I thought she just retired because she's like one of the richest people in show business. And Whoa. she's just like, look, I have enough money. It's fine. Um, no, Judge Rob was a judge for the pre-release this past weekend, which made me so proud because they're like, these are the judges who are joining us. One of them's Judge Rob. And I was like, that's our Judge Rob. Uh, you can check out Loading Ready Runs pre-pre-release, by the way, if you want some additional info heading into your pre-release this weekend. Marshall and Kenji were there playing uh, all sorts of fun games with the Loading Ready Run crew. Um, and what? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. One, what? Her net worth is $440 million. Wow. Two, um, her name is Judith. Okay, that's fine. Judge Judith sounds yes. worse. But she is actually... A, a lawyer. So there you go. So she can be a judge. Yes. So what's this Judy Justice story you've been feeding me here? <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> this is real, I swear. Okay, while well, Megan continues to look this okay, up. Okay, it what? has her in it. Um, Tw oh yeah, Judy, 2021. Judy Justice, 2021, one season, 120 episodes. What in the world is Judy going Justice. on? Judy Justice, okay. I don't... <sighs> It does say, like, the poster's like, all new Judy. Uh, Judy Justice is a spinoff of courtroom series Judge Judy. Huh. What is, if it's a spin? Is it a, truly a spinoff if it's the exact same wow. show? Okay. The show features Shindlin, which is her last name, adjudicating real life small claims disputes within a simulated courtroom set. Prior to the proceedings, all involved parties sign arbitration contracts agreeing to Shindlin's ruling. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. But that just sounds like her no normal show. Maybe she I think just this is because this is via via I Amazon Studios. Okay, so it's just a new I network. I think Judge oh. Judy was was eventually was done. Yeah. And then Amazon's um, like and we're going to put you on. picked it up. Yes. Wow. Okay. Judy Justice advertised as a flashier, more hip version of Judge Judy. <laughs> Ooh, great. That's what I want when I watch my. I'm just like, that's why, why I didn't watch it. Why is this judge show not flashier? Okay. This is flashier. This has been your Judge Judy segue. We haven't done like Nick Cage okay. news for a while. I know, but, I'm, but he's got his new movie coming he, out. He is which killing is very it. Exciting. I loved Pig. Um, Sam Apparently, and I were talking about this the other day. I love, I loved Pig. Pig was a, Pig was a great film. I almost thought it was going to get an Oscar nomination. I thought that he should have gotten an Oscar nomination. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, and I thought that the the other guy in it absolutely should have gotten yeah. a supporting actor nomination. Yeah. He was also excellent in it. And now his new film, The Unbearable Weight of What Is It? Massive Talent. Massive Talent is also supposed to be super great. Yeah. 
So great. like we haven't had to update you on him because he's just been There's doing There's a great. real Nick Cage renaissance yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other person we used to update you on? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Don't, not having a renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> but now we can add Judge Judy to our, our well, rotation. Yeah. Ju- Judith Judy Susan Shinelin. Judith Shinelin updates. Yeah. <laughs> Just for you. Anyway, like, All right. go to Patreon.com slash GLHF. Thanks, Car Kingdom. Thanks, Ultra Pro. <laughs> and have a great pre-release this weekend, everybody. Unless you're Obscura. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>